Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Hacking HR podcast, the show where we talk about the amazing future of human resources and all things at the intersection of future of work, technology, innovation, organizations, transformation, and people. At Hacking HR, we believe that human resources can become the most important trailblazer, leading people and organizations successfully and effectively into the new reality of work and life. To do that, we must rise to the challenges of our times, shoot for the stars, and achieve our fantastic potential. During this show, we discuss ideas, insights, data, experiences, stories, and anything else that can contribute to helping you become and be a better HR leader and practitioner. Thank you so much for joining us today and enjoy the show. In order to understand technology today, we need to understand that technology, just like art, is an expression of humanity. It expresses the problems that we have right now, our ideas. Everything that is happening in this current time, art and technology are expressing it. And that used to happen before. That happens, uh, that had happened, you know, the whole history. So if you think about it, principles may define the next steps and the next level of thinking that we are going to, to, we are going to be needing in order to make sure that this situation that we are living right now, which is, you know, so uncertain, you don't know what's going to happen. Nobody knows what's going to happen in, in markets. There are so many predictions, but you don't really know. So you need to go back to principles in order to make technology work for people and not the other way around. Ricardo is the head of people and organization at Connecta. He's a trusted people side of business advisor for the IT industry. He has worked in teams and organizations across the world, enhancing high performance, human-centric and results-oriented work culture. Ricardo is a true believer in the human potential and collaborative intelligence. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR podcast. Really excited to be connected with Ricardo from, well, from everywhere in the world, but now living in Mexico City. How are you, Ricardo? I'm very good. Thank you. How are you, by the way? Good, good. We could have done this in, in, in Spanish, but well, you know, our audience mostly lives in North America. So I think they will, they will have a little bit of a challenge if we do this in Spanish. <laughs> So we're going to do that in Spanglish, right? So Spanglish, yeah. Let's do a little bit of Spanglish. That way we we share ideas about technology, HR, but also Spanish. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, very excited don't about this. Like, I, I, I may think with, I, I may speak with an accent, but I don't think with it. Don't worry. <laughs> you know, there's um. I always see this this meme going around. You know, Morgan Freeman, and the meme is something along the lines of like, you know, when I think. In English, I speak like Morgan Freeman, but when I speak, I have this accent. So it is, it is really funny because, you know, Morgan Freeman has all this fantastic voice and, yeah. and that's, how, that's how I sound in my mind, but it doesn't come out that way. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Anyway, you know, great to have you with me today, Ricardo, to, to, you know, talk a little bit about digital economy, the role of technology in this new reality of work and the future of work in the low-touch economy, in the inclusive economy. But of course, I want to begin all this conversation by, by chatting about something that I know you're very passionate about, which is going back to the basics, resolving yeah. challenges, finding opportunities, having you know competitive organizations that utilize technology, but all 
going back to the basics. So what do you mean by that? What is going back to the basics? Well, that's very important. Thank you for asking that. You know, um, if you can go back to the principles that founded uh, a nation, I was born in the US, by the way, so I'm going to refer to that nation. So the founding fathers, they had some principles when they decided uh, to be a free country. You know, they, they decided that we're going to lead that movement and a, uh, and a whole nation by some principles. But they weren't thinking more than 200 years ago, they weren't thinking about what they were going to do about, you know, uh, privacy on Facebook, for example. How can you, I don't know, maybe create laws to control drones? So they were not thinking about that. They were not thinking about this kind of technology. There, there was another technology going around that, hmm. at that time. So, but they decided to found a nation in some principles, you know? So years later, you may invite, for example, Thomas Jefferson to discuss, if you want to uh, talk about uh, privacy in social networks, he may not understand what you are talking about, not what you're talking about. But even if he, he doesn't understand what's gonna be that conversation, he may help us to address the conversation from the founding principles. Mm -hmm. So in order to understand technology today, we need to understand that technology, just like art, is an expression of humanity. It expresses the problems that we have right now, our ideas. Everything that is happening in this current time, art and technology are expressing it. And that used to happen before. That happens, uh, that had happened, you know, in the whole history. So if you think about it, principles may define the next steps and the next level of thinking that we are going to, we are going to be needing in order to make sure that this situation that we're living right now, which is, you know, so uncertain, you don't know what's going to happen. Nobody knows what's going to happen in, in markets. There are so many predictions, but you don't really know. So you need to go back to principles in order to make technology work for people and not the other way around. That's what I mean, going back to basics. I think, I think that is fascinating. And, and I want to push the envelope a little bit here by asking you this question. Technology is supposed to be created to serve humans. And because it's an expression of humanity, therefore it should be an expression of amplifying our capacities and making us better and serving us. But I think one of the things that scares the people the most these days is that technology will replace them and the work they do and their humanity and, and whatnot. You look at movies like Her. I don't know if you watched the movie with Joaquin Phoenix where you know, yeah, a computer was replacing you know, a human uh, loving relationship between you know, uh, significant others. And you got a movie like, you know, Bicentennial Man, you know, years ago with Robin Williams, where, you know, a machine wanted to become human. So if technology is supposed to be an expression of humanity and serving humans, how can we sort of lower the level of anxiety that people are feeling about the fact that it is likely that technology could either replace their jobs or fully transform the job that they are doing today? How can we do that? But that's already happened before. Uh, yeah. Even before, you know, every time that we discover a new technology, um, for example, when we discovered the wheel, then maybe there was some guy who was in charge, you know, you know to take everything on his back. Um, suddenly <laughs> you have a wheel and then you have a wagon or something that you can, you can transport things. So technology, of course, is going to change our reality. It's an expression 
of our, of our, our level of thinking, but as well is going to be uh, affecting our own reality. Mm. So what is happening right now, this is the first time that we have so much data, that we have so much information about happening around. So we need to, again, think about what are going to be the principles that we're going to be using that technology for. So let me put it this way. For example, Conecta, we are 160 people working to make a more inclusive economy. You know, um, so what we are aiming our technology, by the way, this is our eighth year. This Today is our eighth anniversary, by the way. Where Ooh, this is, yeah, we're so we're recording this on October the 8th, 2020. Yeah. So just for you to know, give uh, Ricardo some congratulations whenever you hear this. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Well, at the end, we are aiming to allow millions of Mexicans to be part of the digital economy. So what we need to do that is to enable and to create the conditions so that people can be part of the digital economy. You cannot stop what is happening. Nobody knows where the break is. You know, so many people are saying that we need to stop this. We need to stop that the new technology is coming. We need to talk more about machine learning. We need to be very careful with artificial intelligence. We need to be very careful with everything. You know, there, there, there are so many people scared about that. But if we have the right principles, we have the right conversations. And going back to our organizations, if we are clear about why we are creating those organizations, what is the cause that we're following? What, what is the um, root, cow, root cause that created our reality and our organizations? I think we're going to be going in the, in the right path. Yeah. What tends to happen is that once you're running in, you may forget why you are running. Yeah. You're part of that race, you know? So again, you need to go back to principles. You need to go back to your culture. You need to go back thinking about the, uh, as an HR guy. You need to, to think about what are the right behaviors, the right ideas that are, that are you know, driving your behaviors in order to create your, your results. For example, what we are looking right now is how can we serve millions of Mexicans so they can go and buy something online even if they don't have a credit card. Yeah. You know? So if you do that, you're going to allow so many people to be part of a digital economy. This is already happening. We cannot stop the digital economy, you know? And right now with COVID, which is, I don't know, the, the, it's gonna be the chief transformation officer for many companies. <laughs> That's COVID about. Yeah. Uh, so it's the best time to ask yourself, why am I doing this again? So I know there's so, so many people scared about technology, but technology has been changing us since the beginning of time, since yeah. we discovered fire, since we, you know, we created a wheel in order to transport things. And the other thing is that we are not that accurate to predict the future. Yeah. Let me put it this way. I'm one of the guys, I don't know how old are you, but I'm one of the guys who went to the movies. I was in a theater watching Back to the Future too. So uh, you, may, you may understand, my, my father took me there, you know. So I remember that movie. It was so cool. You know, you remember this, this flying skateboard? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, I see you waiting for that. I, I want that flying skateboard to go to the market. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. So, you know, we, if you see that movie, there were so many predictions. People were going to use flying skateboards and flying cars by the year, I believe it was 2015, that, that was happening in the movie. Um, 2015 came and I still don't have my yeah. final report. But something happened in the movie. It was very, 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 very impressive for me to see that because there's a scene, um, spoiler alert, that, you know, 
There's a drone from USA Today taking a picture of a person who's been arrested. So that's happening already. Yeah. Not drones that control many processes. You can deliver products by using drones, you know? So we may predict some behaviors. We may predict some part of the future, but we don't really know what's going to happen. But the, the question that we need to ask ourselves is, why are we predicting those behaviors? Why are we predicting that is going to happen if at the end, we are the ones who are shaping the way of technology? Yeah. Of course, there's so many people that need to talk. It's impossible to have a conversation, you know, the whole humanity talking about what should we do and following the same principles. Of course, that's impossible. Uh, uh, but at the end, if we think, again, in our organizations, what are our principles? So we are going to be delivering different kinds of technology that are going to help people to be served by technology and not the other way around. Absolutely. And, and that's a hope, right? Uh, so let me ask you this. Uh, as we, you're talking about us designing, expressing ourselves via technology, trying to go back to the principles and create something from the principles. That tells me that there, there's got to be a number of capabilities or skills that we need to either learn or relearn or, you know, maybe some of them even unlearn in order to be effective at doing that, in order to be effective at creating that technology and being able to, to maximize the opportunities of the digital economy and whatnot. So when, when we talk about skills, when we talk about these capabilities, what do you think we need? What do you think we're missing that we have to learn, relearn, whatever it is, in order to be effective going forward? Oh, those very good questions. I'm trying to solve it myself. <laughs> you know, what I think is that New technologies uh, require, of course, new abilities and are going to create new principles. So what I think that we are missing yet is, of course, analytical skills, hmm. because you know machines are going to work and going to learn by themselves. And they are learning faster than we human beings are learning. Of course, hmm. that's, that's already happening. It's not science fiction. In the other hand, you know, what we need to make sure is that everybody understands very well what's going to be their role in a, in, in, in a company. Yeah. For example, you know, maybe the person who was in charge of learning and development was used to, and that happened to me just, just uh, a few months ago, we were discussing about, you know, the new program, the new training program, how are we going to, go to deliver? We need to hire somebody to do this, to do that. And we're, we were very excited about that. But what we discovered is that at the end, we didn't, we were thinking of in a very complicated solution that was going to become a real problem. So we, are, we were <laughs> going to need another solution for the, for the problem we were about to create. And the thing is that we need to understand how we can create technologies and platforms that may allow people to do them by themselves. That's what's changing, you know, and in terms again, learning and development, you know, you, you should not be that worried about education, but learning. So you focus on the person, you go there and focus on the person. I'm thinking about their HR um, abilities and HR competences that you need to, to, to develop as a leader. You need to create new ways because it's not, it's not, a, not anymore about giving the fish or teaching how to fish. Mm. It's about creating conditions so people 
can teach you new ways to fish. And that's more complicated. So you need to be more resilient. You need to make peace with uncertainty because uh, you know these times are so crazy right now. You know it. You have been talking with HR executives around the world. So it's, it's very it's very exciting, but it's as well, it's very challenging as well. Yeah. And you're going to be, you're going to need some. Uh, I, I, I'm going back there again. Sorry about that. <laughs> to understand who you are. Yeah. Who you are is how you think, and how you think are your principles. How you think is the set of principles and behaviors that you are allowing yourself to execute in order to create regularity. So the other thing that you need is self-determination. At the end, you need to work in self-determination. And you need to create platforms that make and hold people responsible for their actions. So it's not about you know the, this old idea, you know, I'm the boss, you need to do that. I'm the expert, I'm the HR guy, so you're going to do exactly as I say. It doesn't work anymore. So you need to create those conditions again. So um, in order to allow to the, um, the knowledge and the new way of thinking and the next level of thinking to flourish, you need to create those conditions. Yeah. And creating those conditions is going to be needing from you as an HR executive, a deeper understanding of what is happening in terms of sociology, in terms of psychology, in terms of technology, and of course, in terms of um, relationships between people, people are relating differently right now. So that's what I said, as an HR executive, you may need. Yeah. Thinking about everybody, you know, the, when we went to the industrial revolution, people that were, I don't know, maybe they we were working in their, own, in, the, in their own farm, so they had to go to the city, you know, to to learn how to operate a machine. Then a robot came and said, man, you're, going to not, you're not going to do that anymore. So you need to go back you know, to a supermarket and do something. That jump wasn't that hard, but it was hard already. The jump as humanity that we were going to make right now, this jump and the, what COVID is uh, imposing us to do is asking us to acquire analytical and technological skills as never before. So we need to change the way we educate people. We need to think about new platforms that may, again, allow people to learn and not educate, not replicate, but flourish. That's my idea. Love it. I love the idea, especially what well, I love all that you said. The last thing that you mentioned is so interesting. Uh, educating people now, it, it's about providing the platform and providing the opportunities for them to learn, not to replicate. I'm not sure if you know Sir Ken Robinson, uh, oh, who, yeah, by the, who by the way, recently, he recently passed away. Yeah, yeah. and um, fantastic guy. Yeah. And I never forget both from the book, Finding Your Element and from his TED talk, which is really famous. He said, everybody's born being creative, curious, using their imagination, but all of those natural skills, human skills are educated out of us. We go to education and then instead of being, uh, you know, uh, uh, instead of being encouraged and empowered to learn to ask questions, to be rebellious sometimes against uh, the way things are, the status quo, we are taught to replicate what the teacher is doing. And of course, then we, we drag the same thing and then we go to work and it's the same thing at work at work instead of having the possibility to say 
you know, we're going to be learning and I want to be creative here. Somebody will t- comes to tell you, no, you cannot do that. Or that's not the process or that's not how we do things here. Or yes, you can do it, but you have to ask permission. So it seems that there's a system that sometimes is preventing us from doing this. And I, I want to ask you specifically in the workplace and maybe more specifically in Latin America, you, you, you were raised in Colombia, you have been in uh, Mexico for 20 plus years. You know, I am from Latin America as well. You know, our culture is very different from, you know, European, Southeast Asia, North America culture. How can we change the culture of organizations to make sure that we are truly providing the opportunities for people for our employees to flourish, to thrive through learning instead of of us forcing either some kind of behavior on them or telling them you can't be, you know, you can be creative, but not that much because otherwise you're going to be punished if you make a mistake. So how how can we do that? What do you think? You can be creative um, as long as I tell you to and how to, right? So yeah, that's something that... It's going around. I don't think it's only Latin America. I think it's happening around the world. And, yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, people in the workplace, they need three things. Uh, they have three basic needs. The first one will be to be significant. You want to be significant. I want to be significant. And everybody needs uh, some level of, of significance in their lives. When you are a teenager, you know that for sure. I was a teenager maybe a year ago. <laughs> Um, and that's a lot of years ago, you know, maybe two, two or two, three decades ago. So, but you're willing to do anything just to be part of something. Yeah. Sometimes you may do some very stupid things to be part of something. You need to feel that you're part of something. And people in the workplace, they need to know about how do you do that? You give them information and you give them the opportunity to participate to be at the town hall meetings, to send you information, to ask for questions, to, uh, you know, and tell them what is happening. People are smart. You need to trust people. But trust is not something that happens magically. And it's not something that the other person needs to gain from me. It's something I decide to. I may decide to trust you or not. But it's going to be my decision as well. So the first thing and the, the first need that people have is to be significant. The second uh, main need uh, for people is to feel competent. You want to feel in control of your life. You want to feel that you have, uh, for example, that you, have in, you are in control of your finances, your family, uh, the workplace. So you need to give them information, but you also need to tell them how, to teach them how. So you can, you can create, uh, going back, you're not going to teach them to do everything and how you're doing. We need to give them enough information so they can be creative enough. Yeah. But the third, the third need is the most important one. People want to be appreciated. You need to show appreciation to people. And that's the hardest part. Because, you know, in order for people to be appreciated, to feel appreciated, you need to let them express, express themselves. When you are in a relation that you cannot be yourself, there's not going to be creativity. Yeah. Openness is the mother of creativity. So if you create a culture where people can express themselves, there's going to be creativity. If you don't do that, it doesn't matter if they feel significant and they are competent enough. If they cannot show themselves, there's not going to be creativity. Exactly what's going to happen is that you're going to be 
living a nightmare where people are going to be competing with each other to destroy each other. Yeah. It's significant because they're going to be hungry for significance. But you're not going to create a culture where people can shove themselves and say, I have this idea. I know this may be crazy. This may be a stupid idea. But I want to prove it. I want to try it. For that, you need to create those, those conditions. And in those conditions, people can be expressing themselves again. And they can be talking about things that they're feeling, thinking, and proposing ideas that you may, haven't, you, you, you may not think about. You may not even have that information because as an HR executive, you are not in the front line the whole time. You cannot be there. You can, you, you can go there sometimes and you know, talk to the guys. Oh, how, how are things going? Um, are you okay? Do you need something? But that's you know, the, the interviews or maybe the, the, all the surveys that you can do in order to get information from people. Where you allow them to express, oh, that's gonna be that's gonna be so beautiful. But that's the, the hardest part because for you to create that culture as an HR executive, as an executive, as a leader, you need to remember two things. Openness starts with me. So I need to be open first. I need to talk with people with clarity, with transparency. I need to show myself, I need to show myself to others. I need to be vulnerable, which is not easier, it's not an easy way to do, especially in Latin American. You know, um, so you need to, you need to show that, and you need to listen. So it's, it's it's so simple. I'm going again back to basics. You need to listen. You need to really listen, not just to understand what they are saying, but to really understand what they are saying. Not just to answer <laughs> or to tell them what to do, but to really understand what they are thinking. Yeah. Once you do that with yourself, it's going to be easier to do with others. And the role of the CEO, uh, of course, is you know is going to be in charge of culture is going to be in charge of results it's going to be in charge of uh you know this guy is going to be arthur we hr guys need to be merlin and we need to be there for that guy we need to be there for the others and the whole kingdom so that's the hard part you need to prove yourself first for yourself and you need to be very aware of yourself in order to be open and express yourself and allow people to express to you that's yeah. the challenge that's what i think that we, we should be doing and uh, uh, Oh, no, okay. yeah, go, go, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I, I, I was just closing the idea, thank you. Well, no, you know, I think uh, this is a, a great playbook of, of things to consider in this kind of culture that we are discussing about. I love these three ideas of creating a culture where people can feel that they are significant, that they are competent and have some control over the things that they do. And of course, and I love the last one, that they feel appreciated. You know, it's funny because when you look at uh, very often the reasons why people leave job a job it's not necessarily because of salary you know sometimes they even take a pay cut to go to work somewhere else yeah. it is because their their boss sucks you know and uh you know it's a terrible boss and it's a terrible boss not because they are terrible humans but maybe because they never uh, show this, themselves with openness they never listen and they never appreciate the work that others are doing. So this is fascinating and Ricardo I, as we wrap up this conversation which has been incredible I want to ask you if this kind of culture we want to see it in the workplace and there's always a there's always a journey to to get there and every journey of everything starts with one step that's you know you got to go to the first step if you were to tell hr leaders and leaders in general start here the journey to create this kind of culture that you are talking about what that action, what would that action be what would that first step be that's a very good question. I think it will be, I think it's very simple. 
go and have a conversation. There you um, go. Talk about what's happening. It's, it's so easy at the end. Yeah. You know, I, I was um, two hours ago. I was having a conversation between two managers, not in Connecta, some some friends that asked for help. They were having this trouble, and they have this very cool business. They are applying their knowledge and their technology to save the Amazon, which is pretty cool. So yeah. So they, they, they were having some troubles, and they invited me to to you know to be a referee in, in that conversation. So. But what I saw at the beginning is that were, they were talking about results, numbers, money, and they were talking about the confrontation level that is not the real thing that they should be talking about. They should be talking about the real conflict, which is deeper. Um, one of them, who was braver than the other guy, said, you know, I'm scared that I'm not going to be able to lead this company in the next years and I'm scared, I fear that I don't have the capacity and the competences to relate with you. I fear that I cannot trust you. I'm sorry, it's, it's so hard for me to, to make that decision hmm. of trust. Oh my God, that was, that, that was music for my ears because I said, okay, that's exactly what you need to do. Telling somebody that you don't trust him is gonna be an act of confidence, an act of trust. It's the first step just to tell, we need to trust each other. Yeah. So you need to go there and fight the right conversation. And that's the hard part because you're going to be talking about results. You're going to be talking about anything. And of course, uh, companies are made to create profit. You need to create, you need to gain revenue because if you don't do it, well, a company is going to be dead. Yeah. Was that. But it's not, the, it's not the only thing that you need to be working on. If you go deeper in the conversations, if you start talking about the, what's the bottom line, you are going to see that at the end, it's not about, again, what is confronting us, but the real conflict that I, as an executive, am living. The other day I was talking with, uh, there, there's a group that we have with some friends who are heads of HR in other companies. And we were talking about what was happening to us. And in that same week, we were having trouble with our CEOs or teams. <laughs> uh, we wanted to, you know, just some days you just, you just want to get everybody. It's simple, you're human. so. Since we were talking about that, at the end of the conversation, we discovered that what's happening is that we're so afraid of not being capable of leading the next steps in times of uncertainty. Yeah. Because once we'd said that, as HR senior executive, we said, wow, again, I'm not a, a finished product. I need to still working on myself. I need to develop myself again. I need to look inside again in order to change something. So yeah. I will say, you go and have conversations. It may not go well the first time. Well, once it's, you know, this is like a making exercise. Yeah. You do it, you know, the muscle is gonna be trained. So you need to do that. And Love it. For that. And, and those those conversations that you're talking about are the real deal. They are the human conversations. Um, Ricardo, thank you so much for spending this time with me. Fascinating conversation. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Thank you, Enrique. Thank you. And thank you everybody. I hope you enjoyed this conversation and stay tuned for the next Hacking Echa podcast. See you all soon. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.